Welcome to the Haunted Worcester podcast, an ongoing chronicle of spooky stories, interesting people, eerie encounters, and haunted places in and around Worcester County. Welcome everybody to the fourth episode of the Haunted Worcester podcast. I'm your host, Jess Curtin, and tonight, I'm really excited about this, my guest is the other half of Haunted Worcester, my husband, John Curtin. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast, baby. Absolutely, of course. Well, I mean, you're you're actually on every <laughs> podcast, but tonight he's actually coming out from behind the computer, um, and you're going to share something with us later on, right? I am, yeah. And I, someone did ask me why you weren't talking on the podcast, and you know, I, I'm admitting it to everybody now. It's because I'm terrified that people are going to hear your voice, which is <laughs> crazy smooth and like radio ready, and be like. Why isn't he doing all the stories? Um, give us a little more of that voice, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't do that. I I I have I I fold under pressure like that. <laughs> well, I know that you have something uh, prepped for us that I you're going to read later, which is great. And it came about from our live event that we did, actually almost to the hour a week ago today. Right? Are we? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. So we were at Art Reach Studios for the very first Haunted Worcester live event, and we called it a reading and open mic night. Um, and it was it was fun. We first of all we were in such a great space. Um, the Art Reach Studios on West Boylston Street is owned by Darcy Schwartz, and she is a fine artist and businesswoman who runs art programs for students and. The studio happened to be empty that night. We borrowed it, and it was just fantastic. So huge thank you to Darcy Schwartz for letting us use that space. And if anybody else needs a space, definitely contact her. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had a super small group, and that actually, actually, I think it kind of worked out better for our purposes. What do you think? Yeah, because we ended up, we had it set up for like an like an audience of people, it was a sort of small group, so we just sort of had everybody kind of circle around. We just moved chairs around and 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 made it a little bit more intimate. Yeah, we kind of modified on the sli- on the on the sly. No, on the modified on the fly. There was no sly. We're not sly or no. subtle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really was neat, and uh, we shared some stories. We actually shared a story last week that we hadn't posted anywhere. It was kind of the the debut. Um, we're actually going to share that one with you tonight. And we had some folks um, share some other stories and some and some interesting things that we'll tell you about coming up. But first, the story that debuted last week is the one I'm going to share with you this evening. And this came to us uh, from an interview. And it's always so interesting when people tell stories as opposed to those who send us a written story. Because if it's a written story, we typically just post it from what people write. You know, I, being the teacher, may change some of the spelling or punctuation because I have a thing for commas and semicolons. Um, but usually we post it as is. But if it's coming from an interview, then trying to write that down and then read it back the way that somebody talks is always interesting. So this is from a reader um, or a listener, I suppose, and she uh, met up with us and we collected this story from her. Here it goes. So 
I'm not really sure if this qualifies as a ghost story, but it is kind of creepy and it does involve someone showing up where they weren't when they weren't really there. A friend of mine threw a huge Halloween party a few years ago. One of those ones where you invite just about everyone you know and they each bring a friend or two. That kind of huge. It was cool, though. Lots of new people met lots of new people and everyone had a really good time at the beginning. At one point, you know the point where someone drinks just a bit too much and decides to get just a bit too honest with their feelings with someone else at the party? Yeah, that happened, I guess. I really didn't see it go down, but I definitely saw the aftermath. This girl had come to the party with a friend of hers, but it turns out she liked him more than a friend and was hoping that, you know, tonight was going to be the night type of thing. Well, don't you know it, that her friend meets someone else at the party and they hit it off. Like, really hit it off. I mean, they didn't, like, get it on at the party, I don't think, but they were definitely into each other, you know, like all hot and bothered at first sight. That really didn't go over well with this dude's friend at all. I remember, she, I remember she flopped down into this big chair in the corner of one of the rooms and she just sort of slouched and glared at the new lovebirds from across the room. So awkward. A couple people, including my friend who threw the party, tried talking to her, but she wouldn't say anything. She just glowered and either nodded or shook her head all the while she was sending looks at this other girl. You know the kind of look, like if looks could kill, this other girl would have been dead on a floor in a heartbeat. So this goes on for a while. I'm talking like over an hour. It kind of became a bit of a party pastime to go by and see if this girl was still glowering in the chair. Some folks would try to stand in front of her, you know, blocking her view and all. I mean, there were a lot of people at this party and the room was huge, but she would stare at them until they moved. It was getting kind of uncomfortable, and I remember my friend trying to figure out what to do. So another half hour goes by, and the dude decides it's time to leave. He goes over to the girl sitting in the chair, you know, the one he came to the party with, and she starts screaming at him, and here's where it gets weirder. It honestly looked like black smoke or something was coming out of her. Seriously. Not like a cartoony type thing. It wasn't coming out of her ears and mouth, or maybe it was. It was kind of painful to watch, though. You couldn't help but stick around to see what was going to happen. Kind of like how people have to look at car accidents even when they're not involved. You know, that type of thing. So he leaves pretty quickly, and most people decided to either leave or move the party outside to the patio because the girl in her black smoke will not get out of that chair. The new girl, the one the guy met and liked at the party, left pretty quickly after that, too. I don't blame her. She was getting the death glare, and it was super creepy. So we're all outside, and angry girl in the chair won't leave. No one wanted to go back inside the house, even though that's where the food and drinks were, because the air in that room was just so, I don't know, weird. Creepy, I mean. This girl looked seriously demented, and yeah, we felt bad for her, but come on. It's not your house or your party, so pack up your anger and take it out of there. Well, she wouldn't. I saw my friend and her brother going back and forth from the patio to the room to the other parts of the house to back to the room. This girl wouldn't leave. The only thing she would say that they, I'm guessing her crush and his new interest, would be sorry. Also, she so wasn't ready to leave the house. The party really broke up then. I mean, it's hard when one of the guests is causing such a bizarre scene. It was late though, so who knows, maybe the party would have broken up anyway. 
I asked my friend if she needed any help, and she said no. Her brother had convinced this girl to take a cab home, and they were going to get her out of the house. I figured this girl and her black cloud of I want to kill you over a man would just come become one of those, hey, remember that chick stories? Yeah. Only it got weirder after that. Oh, the girl left the party. My friend told me later that she and her brother got the girl into a cab, but she was still seriously pissed off. She looked at them as she was closing the door and said something like, I left you something. And then the cab pulled away. Creepy as hell, right? My friend said they pretty much turned off the lights and figured they'd clean up the next day. When she went in to start cleaning up the next day, she said the corner where the girl was sitting was kind of dark and smoky. And get this, there was a smoky outline type thing in the chair where this girl was sitting. Not like a stain, a whole body outline. What the fuck, right? My friend aired out the room, Febreze the chair, checked for hidden candles. I'm not sure who hides lit candles at a party, but whatever. And the smoky cloud seemed to go away. She was seriously pissed, though. Who does that at a party? You don't go into someone's house and cause a scene like that, refuse to leave, and then stain the furniture? Needless to say, this girl wasn't going to be on the guest list ever again. Only she was. Fast forward two weeks to a smallish movie watching party my friend threw. I can't remember what movie we were going to watch because once we were all there and grabbed snacks from the kitchen, we walked into the room and saw that freaking girl sitting in the chair. Only here's the thing. She wasn't. When you looked right at the chair, no one was there. Three people, including me, or I never would have believed it, would swear they saw her sitting there plain as grumpy freaking day. Also, the smoky cloud came back. My friend was both pissed and freaked out. We all ended up on the patio trying to figure out what we saw. I mean, shit like that happens in the movies, right? Not in a nice little boring neighborhood in Worcester. My friend turned on all the lights, sprayed the whole room, and we took turns going back and forth and peeking in to see if anything was in there. Nothing. So damn weird. So the night before Thanksgiving rolls around and we're all going to pregame at my friend's house before going out to some bar or show. I don't, I can't remember. I do remember that the guy that angry girl liked was there with the girl for the party. Good for them, right? It's hard to meet people. So hang on to the good ones. I mean, if he was a good one, I thought he was okay enough. Anyway, get this. That freaking angry girl is back in the chair. I swear to God, I am not making this shit up. The guy and girl both saw her, as did my friend and her brother. They walked into the room and she was just there, kind of shimmery-like and looking like she did at the party. Really freaking angry and really freaking pissed. The dude yelled something like, holy shit, and then she was gone. But the black smoke was still there. And the stain on the chair, the one that never quite went away after that first party, looked darker. My friend lost it. She started yelling at the girl to leave the house. She wasn't welcome. And then her brother and the dude, you know, lover boy, picked up the chair and brought it out to the garage. My friend started yelling she didn't want it anywhere in her house. They eventually put it outside somewhere like away from the house. We were talking about it at the bar later. Oh, yeah, I guess we were at Ralph's. And someone said she should have come have somebody come in to exercise the house or clear it or whatever people do to get rid of unwanted spirits and stuff. Only this girl was still alive. 
Whatever was in that damn chair wasn't a ghost, right? She was still alive. Oh, seriously pissed off, I'm sure, but alive. Hell, she keeps popping up as somebody I know on Facebook, and I'm like, no, thank you. Oh, yeah. So once the chair was out, my friend called one of the psychics listed in Worcester. Did you know we've got psychics and witches and stuff listed in Worcester? Oh, yeah, you probably already know that. So she called someone who gave her the name of a witch who came out and burned stuff, left some crystals, chanted some stuff, and left her some spray. She also said, don't invite that girl over again. Well, no shit, lady. My friend and her brother paid the lady, and that was that. Seriously, though, what was that? And that's where I stopped transcribing. Of course, you know, the conversation always goes on, and it's usually me going, I have no idea what that was other than... That's really freaking creepy. <laughs> Can you imagine if you and I threw a party and we had like a smoky Bernie guest who wouldn't leave? Although I'm looking at you across the table and I'm like, as opposed to all the other ghosts that we have running around our house, I'm not quite sure that would <laughs> make any bit of a difference. Um, but that is weird. Like how if this girl is well the girl is still alive because part of it they pulled up and like you can see who this person is on facebook but oh, wow. what i don't know how that happens yeah so that's just a, that was that was a little weird i can remember after you shared it at the at the reading people were kind of like huh just when you think it was just dead people you had to worry about right. now living people get to leave their their anger sitting around your house um so that was writing it up wasn't necessarily fun, like the transcription part, but it actually is kind of fun to read because just the pace and the way this girl talked was just really funny. Um, So that was the story that we had kind of kept close to the, close to the vest and shared last week. And then after you shared that last Mm -hmm. week, notice how I took it over from you this week. (laughs) Um, Dale LePage, who is uh, an incredible entertainer um, in Worcester, he shared a this chilling tale of an experience that he had um, when he and his husband were living in a haunted house off of Salisbury Street. Um, and in his words, I think he might have said it like right as he sat down, it was, I lasted 42 weeks. Um, and, you know, with those words, everybody leaned forward and everybody was sort of, yeah, that rapt attention. Um, we're not going to share Dale's story tonight because one, I think we, there's no way either one of us could do it justice. No. He tells that tale the best. And two, he's actually going to be a guest on Haunted Worcester uh, towards the end of the summer and into fall. He, we're actually going to be at his house, which is so wonderful. And I'm so excited to head on over there. Not the one he lasted 42 weeks in. Though. Correct. Correct. We will not be at that one. Um and that's that's something a lot of people do ask me, like, oh, are you are you ghost hunters? And we keep going back to that word collectors, and I know we mentioned it in the last podcast, but we are tell us all about your haunted house. We've actually had a couple people send us pictures. Oh yeah, we absolutely want to see them. Are we gonna go to them? <laughs> we might drive by. <laughs> You know, this is actually somebody at the at the reading, they were very cute. They said, you know, I've never had a ghostly experience and I don't think I want to, but I do like hearing about them. And I think a lot of people are that way. I think that they like hearing about ghost stories and mm-hmm. they like hearing about haunted houses. And there is nothing like hearing somebody's story, you know, a personal story about like living in a house and going, oh my God. 
when you can then pack up and go to your safe home afterwards. Um, but yeah, to, to willingly walk into a house that could potentially be dangerous is kind of a, huh. Right. I'm not sure that's wise. <laughs> um, I think that I loved the stories and I could listen to Dale's story over and over. But I think the best part about the reading that evening was the organic conversation that came afterwards because Dale was so open and he said, you know, you can ask me questions. And people did. Um, they were asking questions about the house. They were asking questions about his experiences. He actually had shared something else. And actually, I think it was the woman who had said at one point, you know, that she didn't want to have any ghostly experiences ended up being this absolute wonderful source for other stories in Worcester. Right. Um, and that was kind of neat. When we were talking about, you know, if you don't, at the reading, if you don't have a story to share, that's totally fine. And we talked about how John and I are are always on the lookout for, yes, people's personal stories, but also what are the other places in Worcester that are haunted? And this woman was so cute. She's like, well, you know, Becker's haunted. And the room got very quiet as we all turned to her and went, well, no, now we do. And <laughs> no one had heard the story. And I think you you looked it up, right? Yeah, we were talking about it. And um, someone said, well, I read certain things. And so I just decided while everybody was chatting, I just whipped out my phone and just searched on Google. And I found, uh, well, I found a couple of different stories about it. I read this one right here um, from a blog called Tripping on Legends. Oh, that's right. We'll have to... Can we put the link to that in our show notes? We will. We will. All right. Will you share that story now, though? I will share the story now. And this is from... They have a they have a subcategory on their blog called Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads. Uh, and this was posted in February of 2015. So I'm just going to read this. But um, yeah, I want to make sure that they get credit. Tripping on Legends is... Uh, is the It's a WordPress blog. Um so here goes, unseen students at Becker College. College dorms have long been considered, considered ideal locations for paranormal happenings. Whether it's young people dealing with being adults for the first time, or the history behind the walls, every college seems to have at least one famous haunting that's connected with it. Massachusetts, with more colleges per square mile than any other state, cultivates its share of great college ghost stories, and adults who remember the spirits that they share their rooms with. Becker College opened as an academy in 1784 in Leicester, Massachusetts. 100 years later, ECA Becker began his college in Worcester, and in 1974, the two colleges merged to create one college with two campuses. More than a decade before the merger, the Worcester campus bought Miller Hall and inherited something more than the tradition and history inside its walls. Miller Hall was built in 1891 as a two-family house. The property switched hands for the next 50 years. Its most famous residents were the wife and daughter of George Webster Thayer, who lived there after a bomb destroyed their house in 1937 by communist sympathizers who were angered at Thayer's decision in the Sacco-Vanzetti case. Hmm. Until 1937, the house remained much like it was when it was built by Daniel Bates. In that year, Harlan Pierpont bought the house and began reconstruction, changing the outside of the house and installing modern plumbing and heating. Whether it was these changes or the energy brought on by new residents, the dorm has now become known to the people on campus and in the surrounding areas as one of the most haunted spots in Worcester. It now acts as a co-ed dorm for 23 students and at least one ghost. 
Over the years, students have dealt with unseasonable temperature changes in certain areas, voices coming from the walls, and the locking and unlocking of doors. Due to modifications in the layout of the rooms, some doors lead to nowhere or are always locked. Although there's nothing behind these doors, voices and banging are often heard. At least twice, people said they had seen a figure in their room or unexplained lights. Jennifer remembers one night in particular. She heard banging from inside one of her locked closets. She had often experienced chills in her room and the feeling of being watched, as well as a feeling of foreboding in her own closet, but that experience left her truly scared. When she talked to others, she found they had experienced similar occurrences. One room had their fan begin spinning so fast it seemed it was going to come out of the wall. Then they heard something being dragged across the ceiling above them. They talked to the people that lived above them, but the other students confirmed they had been asleep at the time. Another night, Jennifer heard moaning in the halls. The next morning, when the students woke up, trash was thrown about the hall. All the students claimed they had not done it, and the floor was isolated by fire doors. One of the most disturbing incidents involved another girl in Miller Hall. She woke up to find herself paralyzed and something holding her down. This kind of haunting is not unusual and is often explained away scientifically. For a long time, there's been the legend of the old hag who would hold you down at night and drain your energy. What was unique about this experience was that the young lady also felt her eyes being held shut, uh. a physical effect not heard often, if at all. When she was finally able to open her eyes, her whole room, darkened when she had gone to bed, was filled with a brilliant white light. There are no specific tragedies linked to the house uh, to give a reason for, to the unfamiliar hauntings at Miller Hall. There seem to be different types of hauntings, from unexplained noises to visual hauntings, and they seem to not be confined to a certain area or, or room. Whatever lurks in the halls of Becker College dorm seems to be truly unexplained. Because college just isn't hard enough. That's right. <laughs> and living in a dorm with other people isn't hard enough. Can you imagine? Did anything like that happen to you? Like, did you hear ghost stories or? Um, I don't remember hearing about anything specific. I, I went to uh, Bridgewater State College. I didn't live in the dorms. I had a lot of friends who lived there and friends who lived in the student apartments. But I don't remember ever hearing about anything specific like yeah. that. I don't think we had. I started out at Westfield State, and I think that was when, you know, you always discover or somebody comes up with a legend about somebody dying on the set of The Wizard of Oz. So, you know, 30 girls cram into a room and slow motion watch The Wizard of Oz, and we all freak each other out, so nobody wants to actually go into their own dorm room. I mean, goofy stuff, but yeah, nothing nothing super paranormal like that. And do you know what I'm realizing that we did not do this week after hearing that story for the first time on Sunday? Mm-hmm. We did not drive by Miller Hall. We clearly oh, yeah. are slackers. And normally we don't give out the address um, of of haunted buildings. So folks who are sharing stories, we typically keep names and addresses um, to ourselves so that we protect everybody's privacy. But this was something that was published and it, it is a well-known. Um, yeah, this, oh, is, this is public information. Public information. Although, and I know we discussed this last week as well. It's so interesting because when you type in like haunted Worcester, well, now we pop up, which is awesome. Um, but when you type in like ghosts and Worcester or ghost stories Worcester, the Palladium pops up and we'll be actually talking about that on, a, on an upcoming episode. Mm -hmm. And then it jumps right to Spider Gates, also on an upcoming episode. But Spider Gates is in Leicester. Right. So 
we originally thought that, oh, no one has been, you know, writing about these these stories and, and no one's really put them down. But people have been, but they're just, they seem to be scattered right. um, all over, you know, all over the internet. And unless you knew the specific story and, and luckily this woman had heard the story and she was actually able to give us the college name and I think that's how you found it, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's neat. So I think as part of our collection and part of what we're going to end up posting is, you know, links to some of these stories that people have already collected. This will just go down as part of that, you know, sort of repost. And obviously we'll be giving, you know, everybody credit and links because how cool is that? We're collecting stories I'm sure that nobody has ever heard and definitely following up on leads that people keep sending in. But it is kind of neat to to be pointed in a direction and find something like that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. So I think that from from what we are going to do now, I mean, we are, this is episode four. Um, we haven't been putting these out on the regular. And for those of you who haven't met and, and talked to us yet, you know, John and I are doing this as a part-time thing. So we thank you for being flexible and, and kind of hopping on the podcast when we get a chance to do it. We love doing it. We love collecting these stories. So if you know somebody um, who had something freaky happen to them, even if it wasn't ghostly, if it was weird, if it was haunting, we'd love to hear about it. We just, what we want to create this collection for folks to, to read and get that sort of like, ooh, little chill when they read something <laughs> or hear something if you're listening to the podcast. Um, can you think of anything big that's coming up for us? I don't think so. All right, yeah, we're we're doing our mock tour. We're a week behind on our 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 mock tour for those of you who hadn't seen the post on Facebook. We have a group of people who have promised to be brutally um and one person said viciously honest. I don't know how I feel about that person being on the on our first tour, but this is a tour where we're taking a group of folks who have sworn up and down to be honest with us. Um we're going to walk them through our our downtown ghost uh, and historical stories and they are going to give us some feedback before we open the tours up to the public and I'm so excited to do this and it's it's always you know you know the what is it the best laid plans aft gang aglay not sure why I'm quoting Robert Burns out of the blue how cool Uh. how cool would it be to be haunted by Robert Burns though lots of poetry lots of haggis Maybe not so cool to be haunted by Robert Burns <laughs> after all. <laughs> um, but yes, so we're hoping to have those out. It looks like we'll be, what, mid mid to late June, right? I think, yeah. Yeah, we're almost there. But so hang on, folks. We are getting there. And thank you to those folks who have reached out to us, sent us leads, sent us stories. We'll be posting those. And if you have something you would like us to investigate, well, frankly, it depends on how creepy and dangerous it is. We can either zip on over and, and write about it ourselves or we'll find somebody absolutely braver and more daring than we. What do you think? Absolutely. Good plan. So that's our podcast for this evening. Uh, thank you so very much for joining us. We hope you like the stories. We'll be posting them on our Facebook page, Haunted Worcester. We will be posting some of the links in our Instagram, uh, which is at Haunted Worcester, and also our 
Twitter, which is at Haunted Wust One, because we had too many letters for uh, for right. Twitter, so it is a little different. And you can always find them posted on our website, which is hauntedwister.com. And right when you go to our website, you'll see two buttons. One is for the stories and one is for the podcast. And if you think of it, would you share news of Haunted Wister? If you have a friend that you think might like some creepy stories or might like to hear a little bit about Wister and where you live, definitely share our info with them. Thanks so much. Is it all right on the radio tonight? I was just sh- sh- shaking and you think I'm all right. Driving down to the shore on a whim just to make things right. Shut out the lights, kid, shut out the lights. Shut out the lights, kid, shut out the lights.